Welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Shrobsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Pot. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously, where to find amazing birds. Head on over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com, and be sure to sign up to our newsletter on the site so you do not miss out on any of the exciting things that are coming up. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, and please take some time to rate and comment on it. This is episode 32, and today is the Birding Life Monthly Show, where the whole Birding Life team gets together and chats about birds, life, and whatever comes up. We are still figuring out this recording outside thing, so please excuse the sound. But as a side challenge, let us know what birds you hear during the podcast recording. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, everybody, this is the November edition of the Birding Life Show. Um, thanks for all those that have tuned in over the last couple of months. We've got um, Tyron, we've got Calvin, we've got Chris behind the camera. And yeah, I just think it's pretty cool. Just firstly, for everyone who listens from around the world, it's pretty cool. Just, we just, big news is, we have just hit, as of now, this has been recorded on Friday the 30th of October, I think. Yeah, yeah. Friday the 30th of October. And we have just hit, for the first time ever, 2,000 listens in a month. That is flippin' awesome. On our podcast. On our podcast, yeah. This is the podcast, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, so how has it gone in terms of those bogey birds? I know I, I saw one of my bogey birds, the African emerald cuckoo. That bird has been like crazy elusive, and I managed to see it a couple of weeks ago. So how's it gone with you guys with bogey birds? I know Taran saw a bird that you, doesn't Calvin's, exist for you. I stole Calvin's bogey bird. At Magnoni Private Game Reserve. It was a bit of a mission. We probably called it for a couple of hours in different locations. Mm, the bird calls. I, I, I thought we were never going to see it. I've never even heard it call. I thought, gee, why don't we give up calling it now and like, actually look for some other birds? But eventually, brrr, we heard it call. <laughs> and I thought, gee, okay, we've heard it call. We're not going to see it. It's going to be deep in the forest. But we actually found it pretty easy. There was a pair, a male and a female. It was like absolutely amazing experience. Photos, we saw the male displaying, flying and puffing up and calling, landing back on the same branch. Was like I think for the benefit of everyone watching, could you say that it's the African Broadbill? African Broadbill. That was my bird you heard from last Definitely, time. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, really, really stunning. A bit dark conditions, but I mean... I think for a board board, we're still good conditions. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. yeah, well, I've got to commend you. The, the photograph that you took and, and the subsequent video that's, um, that you posted on the blog and the website is, is fantastic. And I actually, I've never seen any video footage of, of broad balls around. I yeah. maybe just haven't looked hard I'm enough. Not, I must confess, it wasn't my video. It was Roger Hogg's video, okay. so credit to him. For doing the video. Because okay. it was actually stunning to see it doing that display flight. Yes, yeah. Oh. So, um, so for those who, out there who aren't familiar with the African broadbill, and uh, 
I know because I've studied my nemesis bird for so long. But the sound that it makes, that sound that, uh, that Tara made earlier, it's actually based on, on the fast wing beats um, that it makes in display, and it does a sort of circular display. So as I said, if you've got the time, click onto our website and look at that blog uh, post that Tyron put up, and you'll be able to see a bit of a, a video evidence of it. Um, so needless to say, my jealousy is, is, is further more extended, because as Tyron said, that's still a bird that, that I'm after. Um, no, I'm no closer to finding it other than spending more time in Zululand, which I hope to do now in December or in, at least in November, but then sometime in December. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where mine stand at this point. Well, just for those who, who might not, well, no one will know this, but we are recording this from Alpama Guest House. It's a stunning, stunning location mm. in, in the Mams and Toti. Beautiful sea view on this side here. Birds all around us. So if I hit flick around and that, it might be because we're looking at birds. Um, I know one of your birds you're looking for, red, red-headed quelia, might possibly show up, so yeah. let's hold thumbs. Yeah. Um, so, Helena, thanks for hosting us. She runs this place, and yeah, this is a stunning place. I mean, the bird life here is amazing. Um, the coffee is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just we'll, we'll put some links for um, El Palma Guest House in a beautiful location. If you're looking for somebody to come in December, uh, I think this is well worth supporting. If you're a birder, Sapphire Coast is insane. I mean, we, how many... Close on how many species of bird have we got on the on the on the? I think on, over two hundred. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of birds. I mean, really well, cool birds. Red aquilias. Uh, uh, just trying to think what else is a whole lot of birds. I mean, red. Yes, trying to put myself on the spot now, right? But Sapphire Coast is insane for birds. I mean, yeah, come book a holiday here. So, in terms of recent birding trips, um, Calvin, let's start with you. You did a recent pelagic and a lot of us were drooling with the birds you saw and the photos you got really amazing yep. um, I know there's a, a YouTube video if you want to mention that also yeah so so thanks Adam so it was the 17th of October I think it was I went out with uh, Neil Perrins from Busted Birding um, uh, Dave Rimmel was on board as well um, John Funderate who some of you may know uh, the, the author of Spud um, which which when I saw who was on the on the trip list going on, I was starting to get. I knew that uh, something good was happening because a lot of the same people that were on this trip were on the Tahiti petrol trip as well. So I thought, well, it's going to be a good omen. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's a, a pelagic birding trip. Uh, we went off uh, from Wilson's Wharf in Durban. We push out about thirty k's out to sea, um, and, and if, if we can try and find a, a fishing trawler, uh, we will hook up with that. But but often. Um, as Neil will explain in the, in, the, in the YouTube video that we posted today, um, the best way to track those pelagic birds off Durban is, is through chumming. And um, yeah, I mean, pleased to say uh, my target bird for the, for the trip was Barrow's Petrel, uh, which we did get, thank goodness. Um, actually, had great views of it. It came very close to the boat. I know Zach uh, Simpson got some great photos, Marco Donahue as well. Um, a couple of the guys had seen it before, but they were just hoping for better uh, photographic opportunities. Other notice, uh, notable birds that were on the trip, um, Arctic Tern, uh, which is obviously way up from, from north, um, given, given that it's going to winter there now, they push down, down south. Um, we've got uh, usual sort of suspects, Indian yellow-nosed uh, albatross, um, the, the ever-present white, uh, white chin petrel. But something, something just on that bird in particular, I think I, I was chatting to the guys on, on, on the trip about it, is that if you've ever been on a pelagic of Durban, you, first thing you can do is tick off watch and petrol on your on your list. It's 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 a given. It's going to happen. Um, but that bird's actually in decline, 
and it's our most numerous, or at least for Durban, our most numerous sort of uh, pelagic bird. So, you know, the sad thing is that what is now a common bird is potentially going to be a rarity in the future. Um, so, yeah, as I said, if, you, if you're interested in pelagic birding or finding out more about it, check out our YouTube video or uh, get in touch with uh, Neil from Busted Birding and um, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll treat you to, to many laughers, I can assure you of that. It's been interesting because it wasn't, it wasn't really planned like this. I only thought about it today as the fact that this week, which would be last week when the podcast comes out, we've, it's almost been all pelagic birding. We've had um, Adam Riley speaking about pelagic birding. Um, your video going out this week. We're going to have a blog, blog article going out sometime this weekend. Um, but what, what was interesting is Adam Riley said that the Baraz Petrol, that going off of Durban in terms of pelagic birding, yeah. it's one of the most reliable spots in the world for that bird. It's, really? it's insane. I mean, if, if you're listing from Cape Town, which is kind of the pelagic birding capital of South Africa, I mean, there's a reason to come and book a pelagic trip off of Durban. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and just on that species as well, um, it, it breeds on Reunion Island, which is uh, very close to Mauritius, obviously. And there's only, from what we saw the latest information, there's only 4,000 pairs left in the world. So it really is a treat to see it. And this time of the year, um, October, November, possibly into December, um, is when we, we go and target that. Yeah. And, the other, and the other bugger up at the moment, obviously, is that there's this whole oil spill that's come down the um, Bilo River into the, into the bay at the moment. I was just having a chat to Nicolette Forbes today just about... Um, how many birds have been affected? Goliath, heron, and apparently at the moment it's, it's all over the harbour, and it's just, it's so sad. It's just, uh, and you know, you're speaking about the decline of of certain species out at sea, but it's just, you know, it's just like man is just buggering up the environment so much, and it's just, it's so sad. And yeah, I think sometimes we've got to look at the choices we make in terms of. So, Tony touched earlier on on the African broadbill. Um, you just saw that up at Manyoni, which is an amazing place. I'm hoping. Um, on Thursday to go up. If it all works out, we've got a really cool offer. And by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be a little bit, probably a little bit late for people to book. Um, but watch the space. We should have some other cool, really cool offers coming up. So tell us about Manioni. I mean, I just think it's, from what I've seen, I mean, it's been in the, the it was in the, the previous edition of the African BirdLife magazine. There was an article in there. The new um, Getaway magazine has an article in Manioni. I mean, it's like, it just looks like a stunning Stunning reserve. Tell us a little bit about this reserve and why you should go bird manioni. It's it's a very stunning reserve. There's a vast diversity of habitats, and what I think they've got right is they're actually conscious of birds. You know, it's not just animals, and they're conscious of the habitats as well. They've got certain sections where they've um, wired off sections so that the elephants don't don't get in there, and the reason is because elephants. It's not actually the trees they're worried about. It's actually the ground cover. Elephants destroy the ground cover. So there's sections where they cordoned off so the elephants can't get in there. And then the ground cover is actually preserved and it actually attracts certain birds. Yeah. So they're actually preserving certain habitats specifically for birds. And it's it's absolutely stunning, stunning reserve for birds. They get a lot of rarities, a lot of KZN rarities. Mm -hmm. um, birds that are very difficult to find in KZN, red-headed weaver, bronze wing corsa. Had a dark chanting goshawk there the other day, didn't they? Yeah, and I think a gabar goshawk as well, yeah. which I've never seen. So it's it's really really a beautiful reserve. Yeah, we had an absolute stunning time there. From what I understand, in, in I mean, just I, I've I've been to uh, Manioni a few times, and in particular Zebra Hills as well, which I, I think you're going to touch on a little bit later. Um, 
the reserve, I think it's about 10,000 hectares, if I'm not mistaken, roughly about that same yeah. size. And there are other similar reserves in KZN which are privately owned, but they've got a lot more lodges. So what you what you don't you know one of the beauty about um, uh, Manioni that I realised is that you don't see a lot of uh, game uh, game vehicle traffic while mm. you're driving around. Yeah. It's seldom that you actually see another vehicle, um, and obviously, like most private reserves, that uh, the, the the guards are in constant communication about any special sightings around, um, and and also you know for me the, the the main attraction for me to want to go back there is the uh, Pangolin Rehabilitation mm. Project. So they're busy, um, as we all know, pangolin are in uh, serious decline around the world through poaching. Um, a, a lot of the sort of scales are taken across to the east for whatever reason, aphrodisiac purposes or whatever cases. But Manyoni Reserve is is uh, starting a project there where, they, where they're trying to conserve them, which is fantastic. You know, the thing is, it's not on a burden glade to know, but one of my other bogey animals is in Tarano, we're in it to Kruger, is a leopard. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes like, oh, we saw like 10, 10 leopard at Kruger. I've got a Kruger. I saw a flipping leopard tail. S one hundred. So one of my one of my one of the one of the animals, the mammals that I'm really hoping to see up on your is is actually to see a really cool leopard sighting. So yeah, I'm hoping to see that. But it's an amazing reserve. I think another thing which is really cool is we've been to other reserves where the the guys that take you around, they don't know much about birds. Mm-hmm. They might know the common birds. Oh, there's a there's a whatever, this, there's a house sparrow or something. I mean, it's a bit of exaggeration. They don't know much about birds, but I think what's great about the Magnonias, the, 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 the guys who work there really seem to know their birds, which I think is sets Magnonia apart from any other, or most other reserves, not any, most other reserves. Yeah, no, and Ryan Vivier from Leopard Mountain, also very, very keen birder. He does very well in the, in the Zululand uh, Hunter Challenge. I know the guys at Mavela as well, they're very, very keen birders. So, I mean, that's where the famous Golden Pippet was seen for, I mean, how many days? 40 days or something like that last year or the year before. Yeah. Well, we were guided by Ava Penoyan, and he's actually winning the Zulaland oh, okay. challenge at the moment. So, definitely knows his stuff. Yeah. Well, my, I did a little Sandusha day trip, which was pretty cool. Got managed to get the Rufus bedded here, and there was, um, it was quite cool. We literally got there, and were with uh, Tristan and Steph Nordia, looked out the window, saw it, and I mean, I don't know how we saw it. It was just literally, or Tristan saw it, literally saw it, and within a couple of minutes or so, it was gone. Oh. If we hadn't seen it, like literally within that, that, that time, it was gone. So we got the Rufus bedded here, and apparently there's two there. We actually saw two. We saw both. Okay. We saw the one was down, and the one the one actually, when the other one flew yeah, over. We saw the one. Yeah, when the other one flew over, the other one flew with it. So it was the first wetland in Eastern Shores. Yeah, first, when you go in the first Eastern Shore, the first uh, road to the left, we got uh, Colin Prattencoll, which is another life of that wasn't actually in the reserve. Um, Zach lied to me and said they're all over. We we actually did this little farm farm back road and it flew over the car, so it was quite cool. And then a surprise in the afternoon, which I didn't ex- which wasn't on my plan list, was an African cuckoo hawk, which was sitting mm-hmm. in the tree. Yeah. So it was really cool. It was a good, great day's birding. So Calvin, I don't know if you just chat about some of the rare birds that have been seen over the last month because there's been some really cool birds and we spoke about the, the rufous bedded herons. But so what else has been seen? I know they, yeah, what has been seen over the last month? Cool. So yeah, just uh, Adam on the on the rare bird side, there's uh, things are certainly hotting up as it normally does in summer. Um, once again, thanks to Trevor Hardacre for sending out the rare bird alerts. Um, I'm certainly drawing on on all his updates uh, to get my information. So I'll, I'll just pick one decent bird in, in each province just so that we, you know, we, we press for time. But for me, on, in Western Cape, um, 
another Australasian gannet was seen on Malthus Island. Now, I remember speaking to Adam Riley back when he first started birding. He, I can't remember who he was speaking to, but he said he wanted to go and find Australasian gannet. And for anyone that knows how similar they look to Cape gannet, the, the galar stripe is the only thing that sets it apart. So you've got to literally look at a whole colony of birds and find that one that's got that short galar stripe for, uh, for Australasian gannet. So that's Western Cape. Uh, Eastern Cape, uh, Eurasian oyster catchers have popped up there. We often get them, it seems like annually in, in St. Lucia. Uh, the Eurasian oyster catchers are a great bird there and about three seem together. Um, in KZN, you mentioned uh, the rufous belly herring, that's in the report. But I think of most uh, of most note is a western um, yellow wagtail has been seen. Uh, I know a couple of guys, um, uh, Michael Wright saw it. A few others have uh, been up to see it as well. Gauteng, uh, a battler, was seen flying uh, near the Zambezi off-ramp in Pretoria. Pomalanga, ruddy turnstone, uh, Mukombo Dam, Limpopo, golden pippet. There we go. About yeah. this time of the year, it's got, in Kruger. Uh, in Kruger again, correct. Um, but I mean, it seems like annually they're popping up. Mm -hmm. So I remember chatting to Trevor about this when we were in Kruger and, and doing that birding challenge. Is it that you know there's obviously more birders out there that are IDing these sort mm -hmm. of rarities? So is it that these birds have always come here, or I mean, are they still considered a rarity? So the fact that it seems so seldom, I suppose, is still qualified for that. Uh, then up in Namibia, we've got some common red shanks, great bird, very very seldom seen in South Africa, uh, and then redneck farallope was seen as well. And um, for them, a rarity in Namibia is a black sparrow hawk as well. So really? that's sort of summing up the summing up the, the rarities we've seen of late. And then Barrow's petrol, but we've spoken about that. There's a crab plover. Crab plover. Just sorry, yes. right now. Today, yes. Crab plover seen at Sintusha. And something else, but I don't know what it was. I've got a voice and a condition, but something else also came. Yeah, so that's cool. Some cool birds showing it. Alpama Gestas is situated in a Mamzentoti, only minutes away from Durban and the sports stadium. Four-star graded by the Tourism Grading Council of South Africa and superior rated by the AA Travel and Accommodation and have been chosen for a special mention award in 2010 for going the extra mile for our guests. Booking.com guests graded us with an 8.9 rating. Al Palmer offers B&B or self-catering private luxury freestanding accommodation units situated in the garden or with stunning sea views and is situated for a private romantic weekend and yet quite enough for our corporate market. Our units are spacious, comfortable and with luxury linen. The outside patio areas have either built-in braai or gas facilities and are extremely popular. Each room has their own entrance with a patio area and is equipped with a coffee station, Wi-Fi, selected DSTV channels, a safe hairdryer and some have mini kitchen areas. We are proud that two of our units are fully wheelchair friendly with easy access to the room from the parking and a fully equipped bathroom. For more information, email info at alpama.co.za or visit www.alpama.co.za. Yeah, Tyron, also our Spring Fling Youth Birding Challenge is happening. Daniel Engelbert is like just Crazy. hammering at that guy. That guy's like, uh, is he like human? Is he like part bird? He's like baby Hardika. 396 birds in like... And he's doing matric. And, he's doing, and, he's, and he is busy doing matric Crazy, at the moment. Man. 396 birds. I think Jordan Ralph is eight behind him. Sure. It's crazy how many they've seen in such a short space of time. I don't know how 
how far and wide they traveled. I see not many people are doing it in the Western Cape because African penguin is one of the recent additions. Yeah. So someone traveled there or they've just woken up in the Western Cape. Um, I see someone's got the Eurasian oyster catcher as well. Sure. So that's probably what's come to us. Um, Eastern Cape. Not sure we got that, but that's the latest bird. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going very well. Some good young bird is coming through. It's really cool. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, just also just the on news front, the African bird life magazine always a good always a good buy. It's just come out a um, couple of things. The really cool the African Jukana chick on the cover. Um, just also in here, cut really cool article. They got a nice little article in here on just good reviews of different binoculars. Um, just some really cool stuff. It's worth getting. Um, haven't gone through the whole magazine yet, but it's really worth getting and yeah, just worth buying. And if you haven't got it, get hold of it. It's like. Um, you try very much. 55 rand, I mean, but I think the quality you get in this magazine, it's, it's well, well worth it. And, and again, it also supports conservation. So I think it's a great magazine. And just on a reading front also, um, which is a really cool book, and uh, Duncan Butcher, his book, uh, Garden Birds in Southern Africa. Um, you know, what I like about this book here is just it's, I've, 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 got, I've had read other books on, you know, indigenous plants in your garden, that, and some of them are quite boring. But, it's really like what's really cool. It's like quite a nice familiar bird on the cover. Just uh, you know, just a paradise flycatch on the cover, and little write-ups of each of the birds. But also, it's quite nice. Each of the birds it basically tells you if you, for example, want to get Karuprini in your garden. Well, it's not going to happen in KZN, but um, what what you need to plant in your garden. Um, little write-up of the birds, the distribution, the size. So that's really cool. Also, but it's just visually the, the book is like so appealing. It's just the, his paintings are stunning. And yeah, if you've got any interest in birds, um, with the it's great great Christmas present coming up. So I think it's a, it's an awesome book. Highly recommend. It's kind of what I'm going through at the moment. So we'll be a review coming up quite soon. Is he going to be on the podcast? You'll be on the podcast quite soon. Okay, looking forward to it. Well, just on the on the items front, um, I brought something something with that um, we're going to be speaking about quite a lot in the, in the Christmas game early coming up. Um, first of all, we'd like to thank uh, Andrew Wassel from uh, Wilder Distributors for, uh, for donating this uh, pair of bins to us. Um, so what I've got to my hands here are the Vortex Diamondback HD 10x42 binoculars. Um, always interesting, actually, when you see new birders uh, posting questions on, on Facebook or online, or which, which binoculars should I get, and should I go 8x42 or 10x42, or even in your case, uh, the 10 by, what's it, 30s, your, um, your, your Swarovski's uh, that you got? Yeah, 10 by 30s. Yeah. No, 8, 8 by 30s. 8 by 30s, there we go. All right, and so... the Pures are 12 by. 12 by, there we go. So, um, I'm going to be doing a first impression video of this. We're going to be doing a full review. And who knows, someone might uh, hit a luck towards the end of the year and, and be the lucky owner of these as well. So, looking forward to that. Uh, a part of the deal, he threw in a, a lens cleaning kit, which I think very few birders have uh, owned in their arsenal but for anyone that owns any serious glass or uh, into photography or anything like that I think uh, a lens cleaning kit is a must in your, in your arsenal to be honest so there we go I think it's a cool time just to bring it in we've got something really cool coming up um, this is the first time it's being announced if you listen to this podcast you're hearing fresh news launching on Monday the 16th of November so halfway through November we're going to help answer the question you know, people always wonder their birding family, their, their, their birding, there's two reasons. Firstly, 
if you've got family members or friends who are birdies saying, what do I get them for Christmas? We're going to give you like 30 ideas. But on the other hand, also, if you're a birder and you need to drop hints, we're going to give you the tools to share. And just like tag family members and let them know it's stuff that you want for Christmas. And so you can subtly do it. Don't, we didn't, not official. We just yeah, can do it on the sideline. But we're going to be doing that. Um, and we're also going to be doing this. We're going to be having the Birding Life's 30 days of Christmas from the 16th of November all the way into December. And this is what's cool. 30 giveaways over 30 days. And we're not talking about, we're not going to be giving you, um, these are really cool prizes. I mean, like the, the Vortex pins are one of the, one of the prizes we've got. We've got, we've got wine. We've got, um, we've got hiking boots. There's a whole lot of stuff. I don't want to give you all the prizes away. But let me say, we, we're getting um, communications every day of people that are sponsoring prizes. And the cool part about this is, is every one of the prizes that are being sponsored, they have a connection to birds in some way. And it's a prize that we're not just, because people say to us, we can put it on. We, we, we are looking for things that, that yeah. we would like in our Christmas stocking. We're so in other words, just, yeah, and just to say, like, if you want to give us a gift, you know, 30 gifts you can give each any of us, eh? Mm. Tyrone will just want the wine. Yeah. yeah. So 30 days of Christmas launching 16th of November. So if you're not following us on social media, you better be following us on social media. There's going to be a whole lot of different ways to win. And it's going to be lots and lots of fun. But we just want to chat about something um, just as a point of discussion. I don't know how long we're going to take on this here. And I want to sweep. We, we kind of touched on this in the last, the last podcast. I want to ask the question. Has the South African tourism sector, has it truly seen the value in the AV tourism market and the birding market. Now, I got this article from Chip in, uh, from Chirp Birding in, 20, in 2019. This is what it says here. Listen to this. In 2016, there's a report that estimated that there were 45.1 million bird watchers that were 16 years and older in the, in the U.S. That is about 20% of the U.S. population. Then it carries on a little bit. It says here, um, in the U.K., Bird watching has overtaken fishing as the number one hobby and the second largest source market for bird watching tourism worldwide after the USA. Now listen, it's RS, RSVP, RSPB, the Royal Society of Protection of Birds, has more than one million, more than one million members that and they claim that around six million United Kingdom residents are regularly engaged in in, in bird watching. Okay, one of the last part of this year. No longer is birding seen as a hobby for middle age. A nationwide survey of Britain's hobbies interested discovered that 30, 32% of men aged between 16 to 25 have been birding. The whole lot of celebrities onto birding. BirdLife South Africa, I haven't got the stats in terms of honey birders here in South Africa. BirdLife South Africa, a good indication is looking how big Facebook groups are. A Facebook group, BirdLife South Africa, has more than 40,000 members. Okay? BirdLife South Africa has community guides that make a living from the AV tourism market. So in other words, this is, a, this is an industry that actually creates employment, that brings money in. We spoke about this in the last episode also. The funny thing with birders is birders, are, birders have, the statistically, many birders have more dispensable income. Birders are willing to travel to places to see birds. We said in the last episode, if something shows up at Kruger, most people won't get in their car to drive. Where a bird, if a rare bird shows up, a puppet show, when the puppet shows up at Kruger, Guys get in their cars to go chase off with those birds. I don't know if the Southern African tourism sector has realized the value of this market. And I'm going to tell you why. We kind of alluded to it earlier. 
we can, I, I, I've literally got hold of reserves before, places that I want to go and visit. And I ask them, I'm talking about places in the wild. What's your bird list? What birds do you get? And you, and you, and you basically the person answers you, has no flippant idea what birds they have. And, and, and I just think, you know, for a reserve, it, it's so sad, okay? Many, many reserves only cater for those that want to actually see the big five. So I want to ask you guys a question. Do you feel that the South African tourism market is the tourism industry is missing something. Well, I want to just jump in here very quickly, and I think, I think although your point is very valid about um, how educated are reserves or reserve staff about their own flora and fauna, to be to be fair to them, most of the people we the public engages with are maybe your your reservationists or your 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 office managers mm-hmm. and things like that. They're not necessarily the conservationists. So, so to be fair to them. You know, we don't expect them to be completely clued up on, yeah. on what birds have been seen in their pantad and things like that. And generally, above you know, your above average birder will have a fair idea of what what's expected in that reserve. Although we would we would hope that those reserves would ha- would have good indication of the specials. My take on it is that no, a lot of reserves don't realize the value that they have in, in being in prime birding locations. And, and we're not really talking about the South African avi-tourism market, the global avi-tourism market. South Africa is a biodiversity hotspot. We have nine, sorry, 870 plus birds that are found here mm-hmm. regularly in South Africa. We don't realize how many people across the world want to travel to this country to see our birds. And I think our, our lodges and our reserves and Places who attract the, the naturalist, not ne- not necessarily just someone that's interested in birds or insects. These reserves need to understand, and and it's and it's purely just an education p- point of view. You know, they, they might only attract guides that are obviously there to talk about the big five or to do walking safaris and things like that. But get in touch with local local birders in your area, or, mm. any, or or even when people come and visit, ask them to give you the bird list that they yeah. capture on your reserve. Um, you might find that there's some fantastic birds there, and that you can use for your benefit. I definitely think that, if we'll be honest, the potential market possibly for the big five might be might be a bigger market because mm-hmm. you get more casual nature lovers in that. So these are not necessary. So, for example, an American comes over, they want to, they're going to go and go and see Cape Town, see the museums, go down to Robben Island, and that they'll be like part of that. Like, oh, let's go and see, let's go and see the big five, where. Where most most of those people won't, for example, say, "Oh, let's go and see, uh, let's go and see some birds." They're not. It's not. It's not in their thing. So that that is one aspect that I think is truth is that the market for that, that it, it is a slightly smaller niche market. But I do feel, looking at the statistics, that it's a big market nevertheless. And birders are, like I said, birders are willing to pay to see birds. And I think you know, like very often times when you go onto the South African tourism websites, there are some. Some places, oh, Buckerstrom is amazing at it. But just for a lot of these places, when you start looking at, you know, their bird list, I mean, like I always said, you know, for a place to put together a bird list, I mean, I understand you're saying about the receptionist. But to put together a bird list, like you said, start putting and generating a bird list, it, it, it costs you nothing. Your guys are going out anyway. Put together a bird list. When somebody says, hey, what birds can you see? The end of the receptionist has nothing. She can at least email a bird list to you. And I think it's those kinds of things that just... Make you make you a more attractive location for birders. I think the lodges have been harvesting the low hanging fruit of the big five. 
but I think actually the birding market is more high net worth individuals. And yeah. I think they could actually make higher margins marketing their, their lodges mm. to, to the agri-tourism industry. I think, you know, I think I've seen during COVID that they have started to shift it to, to, to birders. And I think it's actually a good idea, you know, They've been safe so far in, in marketing to the to the big five tourists, but I actually yeah. think they, they need to train their guides more more on the birding front, and I, I think they could actually do well. Mm. I, I think also, like like for example, the Getaway Magazine, I, I actually applaud them. They've started doing a monthly article on on, on bird birding, um, and I one of the reasons I buy the Getaway Magazine, amongst other reasons, is. Is because they have that article, that that that, that article on, on, on birding in there, and I think you know it's there's, there's 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 a market which is which is which I mean one thing about birders, birders are crazy people. They they I mean they spend you go look at some of the guys' lenses, they spend money on lenses, they spend money on binoculars. I mean we got an outing, how many guys are using Swarovski? They're using they they're happy to spend money on a good pair of bins, a good good lens, a good camera, because yeah, and I, I just think you know what. It might be a smaller market, maybe, but I think it's a market nevertheless. And I think you're just missing a huge. I mean, of these, of these 40 million or whatever, these 45 million birders that are on, on the states, how many of them would love to see some of the birds that we get to see? I've got someone who are who I have a chat to on um, social media who lives up in the north of the US somewhere, and some of the birds I send a picture. They're like, oh my word. We didn't get birds up in that area. Yeah. And these, I mean, the, remember the cuckoo? The cuckoo, people are going crazy for an African animal cuckoo. That's a, I know it's a bogey, but it's a fairly common bird. Mm. Yet, there's people that would actually pay over to come over and see those kinds of birds. Definitely. I had someone message me saying, I posted a picture of African boardbill, and they said, oh, I didn't realize you get boardbills in Africa. I was going to go to Vietnam mm. to see them. Okay, they only get one boardbill maybe in Africa, yeah. but... There's two. No, there's definitely uh, three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's definitely a market for for birders. And Calvin, you've been you've been involved in the, the industry in the past in in terms of working with companies. What you know? How how was your experience in terms of overseas well, overseas visitors wanting to come over to see birds? Were there a lot of people who wanted to come over? How did that look? Well, very much. I mean, very much so. And I think local birding uh, bird tour companies, by their own admission, are very much geared to the to the foreign market and not necessarily the, the, the local market, and we see, we're seeing a shift lately, obviously, because what you know, if, if, if uh, you know, during the current pandemic, if foreign visit, visitors can't come and visit our shores, well, you've got to you've got to keep working. So you know, let's target the, the South African bird market, and and I hope that the the, the the reception from the local bird market has been good, which I uh, from what I hear it has been, um, and I hope that that, that that market continues to grow. But to answer your question. Um, yeah, there's, there, there seems like tapping into the bigger markets like US, the UK, um, Sweden is a very, very big birding market as well. They, I mean, the, the guys there can go like 18 hours birding nonstop. They just, you know, they, 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 they make our listers look like small fry. So, so yes, I mean, there, there's still a huge, South Africa is a very popular destination and, and there's a lot of people that want to travel here to see it. And also, you know, just generally, Habitats, habitats across the world are being destroyed, and you know there's so much pressure on environmental, uh, um, you know, environmental pressure on birds that we don't know how long some of our threatened species are going to last. So people are trying to get you to see them before they die, out. and that's a horrible thing to say, but it's a reality as well. What do you feel that 
places that, that lodges and reserves, what do you think they can start to do to become more relevant for birders? If we're saying there's a problem, what is what is the solution look like? Well, the guides need to be trained better, I think, in, in birding. You know, they, they know everything about the big five, but some of them don't know what African hoopy is. So, yeah, yeah I think that, that that's definitely a great starting point. But, but also, the lodges themselves need to not be shy to ask other birders for help. Yeah. Reach out to birders. Reach out to people that are posting pictures on Facebook and say, hey, we'd love to have you here. Um, come and take some photos of the birds and for those lodges to share the photos of the great mm-hmm. birds. And that's all it takes. You know, social media is powerful enough that if one lodge shares a, a great photo of a broadbill, I mean, being my bogey bird, I'll try and hunt it wherever I can, um, or, or any other one of those special birds, and, and that'll that'll put you on the map and that'll show places. I mean, a silly example, I, I think I even mentioned in the last, uh, the last episode, but there's a place that's 10 kilometers from a house. It's a monkey sanctuary. There's, you know, they don't promote themselves as birding, a birding destination whatsoever. There was a broadbill there. They shared a picture and it's on the map for me. Now I know about this place. I, I really wouldn't have paid much attention in the past. But that's what I'm trying to say is that if you, if you are a place uh, that wants to track birders, find some photos and share them and make sure that those birds are seen in your, in your boundaries. And I think, and I think also small practical steps. I mean, like there's BirdLife South Africa has the bird friendly establishments. Yeah. Get on, get onto that listing. I mean, yes. yeah. it's a thousand eight hundred or something around a year. I mean, the the money you're spending on that is not just about getting out there, but it's also about making an impact in conservation. I mean, I know Tyrone, when you've gone look for, you've actually looked for places that are bird friendly, and we've got a the birding life. We've also got our birding directory. Get onto those things at the moment. Like the bottom level is is free for at the moment. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to not come on board, and like Calvin was saying, don't be intimidated. If there's, if there's ways that there's birders out there that will be more than happy to come spend a weekend to come and help you. And, and I just think it's a huge market. And I think if we, yeah, they, 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 they just take those practical steps. I think there's going to be, you're going to attract a lot more birders. And the cool thing is birders love the big five also. I mean, like I spoke yeah. about earlier, I want to see a leopard. Guys, it's been a lot of fun today. Um, our second birding live show. And yeah, we're looking forward to the Christmas um, promotion coming up, the, the 30 days of Christmas. And yeah, I hope you'll be doing in Manyoni next week, Thursday. I don't know where you guys are going. I know Calvin, uh, Tyron's got a whole Christmas up at Babanango. Um, yeah. Calvin's yeah. trying to get to Vakastrum. Vakastrum, I've got, uh, I'm going to be in Underberg. So Sony Pass is back on, uh, has just opened up again. So I'm going to be birding up in the Sutu as well. Um, so some great stuff and hopefully great content for, for YouTube. Mm. And um, if I can just jump in there again, folks, if there's any suggestions, if there's anything that you'd like to see, please put comments below. We'd love to get your feedback. As I said before, positive or negative, where you think we can improve, um, let us know because this is for you. It's, it's, it's for the birding market. And, and I want to ask this, the last thing I want to ask. We, we've hit 2,000 um, listens for the month. Most of the episodes, we have a really, really good listener. If everyone on that episode, everyone who listens, we just take the time and just share that episode with one other person. It's going to help us to get the news out of this year. We don't, we charge for the podcast. It's just, it's literally there to get information about birds. Help us to get the news out. Yeah. Let, let us know, like we said, like, let us know where you're listening from. Just drop us a message on Facebook or on Instagram or something. Let us know where you're listening from, number one. And secondly, share this with one person at least. We're asking you, please share a post. Let people know about this. And yeah, let's make this go viral. 
We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.